Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Statz. Coming up, we have another episode of Board Game with Education with Mary Cousin. I'm super thrilled with this episode because we're talking about the Chicago Toy and Game Week. Mary is the CEO and founder of Chicago Toy and Game Week. So we talk a little bit about that convention in Chicago, and we talk about something called the Young Inventors Challenge, something going on right now that kids at home can get involved with. It's an opportunity to come up with a game or an invention and submit it to the Young Inventor Challenge. Super, super awesome opportunity. So be sure to listen into the episode to learn more about how to register for that and how to sign up. It will also be in the show notes as well. And as always, before we get into the episode, we have a couple updates from Board Game with Education. We are a podcast and through our podcast, we've really grown into an online community and we've had a lot of engagement on Facebook in our newsletter. We've done the remote adventure, which was super awesome to see some of you tune into our live sessions as well. And with that, with the year 2020 and the episode number 100 coming up, we're really looking to grow our community and expand beyond a podcast. So be sure to Sign up for our email newsletter, boardgamewitheducation.com to keep track of what's new with Board Game with Education, what we're up to, some of the really awesome things that we're getting into, like our YouTube channel. Uh, this this was supposed to start two weeks ago, but I ran into some technical issues, more like I dropped my hard drive on the floor. So I'm hoping I can recover that video. We're also recording a couple more videos this week. So when we do get up and going, there'll be some awesome content there. We'll also have some live sessions, hopefully weekly. Really excited for that too. Some other great things, we have our website that's going through a couple changes. So again, be sure to sign up to our newsletter, boardgamingwitheducation.com, and you'll be up to date with what's going on. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk a little bit about Evolution Education Edition, our sponsor for this episode. So this is a digital board game with an emphasis or focus on making it a bit educational. So it's a really fantastic game that provides entertainment value for kids at home, as well as including educational value. So this is a really, really awesome game. I've had the opportunity to play the board game as well as the digital game and now the digital education edition. So it's fully cross-platform, iPads, Chromebooks, Windows, and Mac. It's packed with facts, so students experience natural selection through gameplay. There's also educator discounts. So if you're a teacher, right now in the stores, it's 50% off for everyone, but also there's volume discounts, so you can receive an additional 50% off. So the education edition has some changes from the original. It's packed with trait tips to give real life examples of various traits in nature. There's account switching, the chat's disabled to make it safer for students. It's a really great tool to be used during this time. I think especially if you're a science teacher and you're trying to come up with something to use for distance learning. I actually designed a lesson plan to go along with the board game that works very well with the digital game as well. So you can check that out at evolutionvideogame.com backslash education. I will have that in the show notes too. So let's now get to the conversation with Mary.
So welcome to another interview episode of Board Game with Education. I am thrilled to be here with Mary Cousin today. She is the CEO and founder of Chicago Toy and Game Week. Um, she's going to talk about something really cool, the Young Inventor Challenge. I've had an opportunity to watch kind of like a recap of a previous convention and some submissions. Really cool. I'm excited to talk about that today. So before though, I did learn a little bit something about Mary. And she used to sculpt cake. So she was, uh, I don't remember the name of the show you, you compared it to, but what, what is sculpting cakes? So before it was popular with Cake Boss, I used to sculpt cakes into any shape you could imagine. And I was supposed to have done the mayor of, of Chicago's birthday cake, Harold Washington's birthday cake, which would have been like my biggest commission, if you will because this was just a hobby. It wasn't my full-time job. I was in real estate back then. But he died just before his birthday. And so I never got to make you know, the cool cake for the mayor of Chicago, which was going to be some of the big buildings in Chicago, like sort of like a skyline of Chicago. Oh, wow. Would you mind maybe sharing a little bit about who you are, give our audience a bit of a background of what you do? So I... I started in this industry as a toy and game inventor while I was in the real estate industry. It was not quite as creative, maybe it didn't, you know, it didn't push all the buttons or whatever. So I had a friend who worked at <clears throat> up at Western Publishing in Wisconsin before Hasbro bought them, and he would bring down prototypes and we would play them. And, and while we played them, he would tell the inventor's story, and I and and also he would say how much money they made. And, and I kept thinking, wow, you know, I have an MBA. I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm relatively smart. And it's it's very hard to design games. It took me a lot of tries before I could get a commercial success. And then I did Hollywood's Real Spiel for a while. And then um, Fraction Action and, and a bunch of other games. And then I started helping other inventors. So I had sort of a different a different start in our industry than some. And it took me a couple decades to get to this industry and really find my, my tribe, if you will. This is really, these are my people. And I love this industry. The, some of the best people, they're just creative and fun. Some are a little crazy, as you can imagine, but I just, I love what I do. That's super awesome. And you are the founder of Chicago Twin Game Week. And was that something that you had discovered or founded after having stepped into the hobby of design or inventing and then doing it like full-time as a profession or how did that kind of transition happen? So while I was designing toys and games, I kept my day job, which is usually my advice to people is to keep their day job until they really can truly afford to go solo. So I was helping other toy and game inventors and traveling to different shows. And then I, I went to Germany's Essen Toy and Game Fair. And I could not believe all the families that were at this show. They were in the aisles playing, especially games. Like it was the biggest thing. And I kept thinking, wow, we don't have a public show like that for families. We had, you know, hobby shows and, and niche shows, but not something that really targeted families to promote play together. And I was already working with educators at that point, but it was just like a light bulb that came off. This is so awesome. So I came back, I went back to Chicago and I thought, I can do this. I can put on a show. I know a lot of people in the industry. So I rented Navy Pier like crazy, right? So I rent Navy Pier 
and I'm going to put on the Chicago Touring Game Fair. And it was a lot harder than I would ever, ever have imagined running events. You know, like the biggest thing I'd ever done prior to that was, you know, Christmas dinner. Anyway, I've learned a lot over the years, but I also kept my day job for the first eight years of running the fair and the conferences. And I was really, I had to wait until they more than broke even to quit my day job. I didn't have the luxury, if you will. I just, I didn't have the reserves to be able to go full time until I I could make it work. And so but it, it does work now and we've grown quite a bit. It makes a difference when you can devote yourself full time to something. And, and I'm still loving it. This year, it'll be a little bit tougher, right? Because we don't, it's not looking like we'll be able to have the in-person events and we may all be virtual this year, but we'll make it past that too. Right. And I think, I mean, a couple things based on what you said, the, the Navy Pier, I've, I've only been to Chicago once and I did go check out the Navy Pier and that's like, I want to say blocks, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a mile long, I think they say. It's crazy, right? And I rented out the festival halls and, and the ballroom. Like it was really sort of nuts in retrospect, like that I would do that. But I really believed and I still believe in what I'm doing and it's important. And we get all kinds of emails and letters from families thanking us for introducing them to new toys and games, things that they don't find anywhere else. And and really a great day, an immersive day out. And the Young Inventor Challenge is so like near and dear to many families. Like they keep coming back every year. So I feel like we're really, we're making a difference in people's lives. Right. You talk about those people that you had found in your career and being your people. I feel like the Chicago Twin Game Week is a way to kind of grow that, right? You have a lot more people to be part of that community. Exactly. And we've brought together the inventor community. Nobody had really brought them all together before. So it's interesting to see how that's been evolving as well. But I do the the inventors. You know, it's an interesting thing. Tim Walsh, who I should introduce you to um, at some point, he once said that if you sell a thousand songs, you're in a cover of Rolling Stone. If you sell a thousand books, you are a million books, you're on the, the New York bestseller list. But if you've sold over a hundred million toys or games, like Leslie Scott in Jenga, let's just say, nobody knows who you are. Like nobody knows Leslie she, and she's really awesome. But yet nobody knows the inventors, the stories behind toys and games. And so we've also made it our mission to tell those stories and because a lot of people don't know that there's inventors behind the toys and games. They just assume, you know, a company is churning them out. Like it's a commodity of sorts. And we want to tell those stories behind all the products. Right. I think you're so spot on with that because I mean, just myself getting into the board game hobby, I had not realized that there were designer names on the boxes. So most games include who designed it. And I didn't know that. So I'm glad I do now because now I can kind of, you know, know which designers I like or which designs of those designers I like. Right. In Germany, people, because it, it's not on every, not every company in the U.S. does that. A lot are now. It's, it's a growing trend. But in Germany, they all, they have done it for decades. And people will buy games, like you're saying, like, like you would go for it. 
like a John Grisham book. Like you go after your favorite authors. And actually in Germany, the inventors are called authors. So it's really, it's interesting, the parallels there. Yeah, and the cultural, I guess, shift is very, very interesting. So now I want to talk about the Young Inventor Challenge because I think a lot of people are in, in our audience would be interested in that. Before we get there, can you give us like an overall view of what the Chicago Toy and Game Week is? I know you mentioned it might look a little bit different this year, but in a traditional sense, what kind of things do you have going on during that week? So we start with our Toy and Game Inventor Conferences, which have four tracks, a new inventor track, a professional inventor track, a design student track, and the product acquisition executive track. And all tracks merge and, and you know they dance around each other throughout the two to four days. And it's the largest in the world. It's grown to be the largest in the world. And a lot of toy and game ideas are licensed during those days. And they're a lot of fun. And then we have on the Friday night, the Toy and Game Inventor of the Year Awards, which grew out of our wanting to recognize toy and game inventors. And that's a fun night. You can imagine, like last year, we had an inventor. He does a lot of Nerf, a lot of the Nerf technology. His name is Robert Victor. And he has a, he has a lab in Manhattan, a long, narrow lab because they shoot a lot of the blasters. But he he made a big rocket, a 10-foot-tall rocket, and he blasted it over the heads of all the diners at the Taggy Awards, which is like a very dressy, you know, long dress suits and everything. And then imagine this 10-foot rocket going up over people's heads. It was it was really, you know, that's what it's about. It's about being playful. And, um, and then he continued all weekend long with the kids, too, blasting that rocket. But that's really, it makes... Like our awards are a little bit different than other <laughs> other award programs, and like exploding kittens was exploding things, and and we had robots talking, and it's just really fun. So we celebrate innovation on that Friday night, and people come from twenty five countries. Like it's a very international affair, and just so much fun. And we also feature fashion during the cocktail hour. And it's fashion inspired by toys and games. So yeah, think about, like, let your imagination run wild, right, on that. And that's what we try to do. And then we have the fair, which we invite educators as our guests, as well as scouts and librarians, military, police, and fire are all our guests. That's on Saturday and Sunday. And on Saturday is really one of our signature events, and that's our Young Inventor Challenge, which this will be our 15th year for the Young Inventor Challenge which we started because my daughter had invented a game when she was in fourth grade. I, I think I mentioned Fraction Action earlier, which was like a game of war, but with fractions. And there was a, a bar at the bottom, like where you could compare so you would know the answer. And I th and it just sort of, it inspired me to start the Young Inventor Challenge. And since that time, we have had I don't know, almost 10 licenses, I believe now. We just had another one launch in Target two months ago. And what's really interesting too about that duo, two girls, fourth graders, I believe, and one was in Illinois and one was in Utah and they collaborated online. And it's called You Betcha Can't. And it's just a lot of fun. But we've also had, I guess maybe one of our more most interesting winners was eight years ago, a guy by the name of Nick Metzler, who won with a game called Squashed. And Squashed was 
they think the first cube board game, like literally the board was a cube. And so on your move, you could move on one of the sides that we're showing, or you could pick it up and turn it and squash your opponent. And so Nick won that year and his game got licensed. And I think it's still in production around the world. And then he went to college and he interned at Spin Master. And Spin Master was so impressed, they offered him a job when he graduated. And now he works in their design department. He's like head of new business and incubation and he works with inventors. And God love him, he still Skypes with kids back in Chicago area to help them on their projects. And he ran a survivor-like challenge to raise money for a Young Inventor Challenge. And he comes back to host every year. He just wants to give back. He said it changed his life. And he is just, he's fascinating. So we have a special, a very special spring edition. We've never done it in the spring before. It's always been in the fall. But we thought with all the kids stuck at home now and, and looking for fun STEM type things to do, since so many teachers do make our Young and Better Challenge part of their curriculum. So we thought let's host one in the spring and a totally online one. So the kids don't need to do like poster boards like they do for the in-person one. And so we have Mattel as our presenting sponsor, Magformers as a category sponsor, and Scholastic and the American Specialty Retailer Association as our promotional partners. And Mattel and Magformers are going to go through every entry and they're going to award the winners. We'll have four winners, which will each get $250 worth of toys and games. But also, the two companies are looking for products to license. So it's a kid's great, you know, to be able to get a licensing agreement is just would be amazing, absolutely amazing. And then all the kids that participate in the spring challenge are, of course, welcome to participate in the fall challenge. And we're also, we're depending on the number of entries, we're going to the first 200 for certain, and we're trying to get even more judges and mentors to give each kid feedback that enters so that they can take that feedback and prepare for the fall challenge. And these are top toy and game executives. And we have the best video from the president and COO of Mattel. And it's so funny because, you know, he's normally shaven and all all you know buttoned up with a suit like looking really corporate if you will right but in this video you can he's recording it from home his self and he's growing like a beard and he's just and he's doing it because he loves this young inventor challenge he loves the kids and he just wanted to encourage the kids and wish them luck and so he recorded this little minute video that is just awesome you know, most corporate presidents at that level do not do that, but that's how important these kids are to him. It's just really warms your heart. And I, I don't know, we're very excited about that as well. I had a chance to check out the video and it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool, right? Like you just don't see presidents of like Mattel is such a huge company, right? But he just loves the kids and he loves this challenge. And anyway, so we were, we're very very thankful to our sponsors of this. Um, they're awesome. And then, of course, the fair itself is just full of interactive fun. It's not like a cash and carry show, if you will. It's We really look for things that are immersive. And so that when parents leave and kids leave, they're, they've, they've left with something and it's memorable. And in um, toys and games that they would not have seen otherwise. 
That's that's fantastic. I love the. I mean, you mentioned so many opportunities for young inventors to enter this contest, and what comes of it too. I mean, you mentioned your daughter creating the fractions game, and I was just helping a student with fractions, so I'm wondering if I can get my hands on that to to help my my students out too. I'll I'll send you a couple of decks. <laughs> you also kind of had mentioned something about focusing on play and education. You have a play and education conference as well. Is that something that educators could go to? What would you? Yes. On, on the Saturday of our fair, we have a conference with some really top-notch speakers and usually an inventor as well. They come and talk about play and education. And, and we usually have huge gift bags of, of different toys and games for the classroom for each person as well. And, and you also, you get CE credits, continuing education credits for attending this conference. And there's, so it's four hours in classroom, if you will. And then it's on the floor too. We send you around on the fair floor. And, you know, while you're in, in doing the, the play and education conference, which we also call PI, PyCon, your family could be down on the fair floor and then you just rejoin them. Um, we try to make it very simple and and fun, of course. So, and then we have a play and education website too, where we just have all sorts of ideas and interviews and a newsletter that goes out monthly to educators. Awesome, yeah, I definitely recommend anyone listening check out the PyCon. I guess what would the website be for anyone interested in that specific part of the conference? We couldn't get PyCon. We tried, but we got playineducation.com. <laughs> okay, playineducation.com. Perfect. One thing you also mentioned, and I'm sure some people may be listening and are curious, some teachers make it a part of their curriculum. What kind of experience have you seen teachers with using this Young Invention Challenge, Young Inventor Challenge, or like if they wanted to kind of encourage their students to go enter it, what might you suggest a teacher do to kind of start that process? So we have on the website, we have a whole page of resources for educators to help them introduce it to their classrooms, suggested curriculum and videos and slot, like we've got it all. We even have a design guide on the website that walks the students from start to finish or a kid at home or so it can be used for anything. And that design guide was designed by um, a husband and wife, believe it or not. One is an educator. She's a director of a Young Inventor Challenge, Alicia Alexander. And her husband is Dan Klitzner, who invented Bop It, Simon Swipe, oh, what else? Perplexus. He's invented hundreds of things. So they're like this dy- dynamic duo, right? And they redesigned our des- design guide for the kids, walks them right through ideation to the end of, you know, completion of their idea. It's fantastic. Really awesome. I yeah, the the website, so if you go to C H I T A G dot com and then you can go to the Young Inventor Challenge and there'll be some resources on the side. I'll I'll be sure to add that so anyone listening can get it pretty quickly. Also see uh Kathleen Mercury, who's been on our show. It looks like there's some resources for her. I think maybe it links to her blog, some game design resources too. Yeah. She is awesome. She is totally awesome. And then we we have a new series. We've got two videos so far and they're they're inventors talking to the kids so the inventors will talk about the toys or games they've invented and then they'll give the kids advice and nick metzler is actually one of them and we've got somebody from funko games and we've got a lot more coming 
And we'll even have a new series on, well, we're trying to decide on the name. It's either going to be Break It, Make It, or I'm I'm not an adult, so I can do these things or something like that. So it is Robert Victor, who I referenced earlier, who designed the rocket. He He was, I guess, one of these kids who was always breaking things and making things. And he just... He just thinks that kids today need to learn how to make, you know, break and make things. And so his series, which will start debuting next week, like in his first one, I think he, he takes apart a blaster, a soap one, I think a soap bubbles blaster, and he makes a, a powered boat out of it. It's pretty funny. And then so he's going to be doing that on on every episode. He takes something apart and makes something else with it. That's awesome. I think that's a really great resource for kids, especially now with looking for, you know, things to do inside, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we're very excited about that series, both series. So Mary, before we head into our final segment, I want to give you an opportunity maybe to share some words of advice to either an educator or a parent at home looking to encourage their kids or their students to start inventing or designing games. What might you suggest or what are what last words of advice might you give them? Wow, that's a great question. Really, it's it's just trying things, not being afraid to try something. You know, don't think too far out. Just start experimenting and and never worry about failing. Boy, you you cannot expect your first time out to be a success. Never. I I mean, I must have gone through 20 ideas, fully formed, like made prototype ideas before I found one that worked. So kids need to, to expect to have many forms before they arrive at what they want, but they need to play test and just keep play testing over and over. You learn so much in play testing. It's amazing what you can learn from listening, right? Like learning how to listen to people and watch people, how they play so important. And as an adult or a parent, let them make their own mistakes, right? Don't don't get too involved in what they're doing and let their minds go and get creative. I think that's those are my my basic suggestions. You know, and also it's funny we had to so there's some debate about whether kids should be allowed to use like exacto knives and drills and um, you know, what age can you use such things and and the, the the break it and make it series in the in the original video he was using an exacto knife and he mentions how when he was a kid he would use it and how many times he cut himself and all this well we we were told by some pro- professionals to edit that out because you don't want to be telling kids to use exacto knives right right <laughs> well and then other people believe you should let kids use these tools. So I don't I don't really know what the right answer is, but we're going to err on the side of safety, we've decided. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it depends on, I guess, what your position is in it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. I know. It's not one you often think about, is it? Right, right. But I think you you nailed some really important points, and that's the growth mindset and failing is a part of the journey, right? And I think one thing that I would also like to echo is not only the students, but also the parents allowing that opportunity and teachers allowing that opportunity for students or their kids to fail with their designs, because that's how we make them better. (laughs) Exactly. We've had many, many kids in our Young and Better Challenge that 
would take the advice home. And so in particular, these two girls who won with Ship of Treasures, Olivia and Beta, I want to say three years ago, but they took them three tries before they won. They would take the advice back. You know, every time they would come, they would enter and they would think it was the best it could be. But they listened to what people had to say after, like in the playtesting with, you know, the VP of Mattel or Hasbro, like people who are actually, who know what, who know what, what makes a good game, right? They would listen to the feedback and then they would spend the next year changing the game to fit that feedback. And on their third try, they won and their game made it into Target as well. And it did really well. So it's really listening is a big part of it. Yeah. Failing and listening. It's very important. So I, I love how you have a lot of, I think, success stories out of this Young Adventure Challenge. So I highly encourage anyone listening to check it out. I know I'm going to kind of pay attention to it this this time around too, and maybe see if I know any, you know my wife has a couple cousins and they're indoors now and might be interested in checking it out as well. So I want to move into our final segment, which is a thumbs up, thumbs down, rapid fire round. So I'm going to ask you, or I'm going to make a couple statements and then you say thumbs up and because you like it and give me a brief reason why, or thumbs down because you don't like it and a brief reason why. Okay. I have a couple things and they're very broad things, but I'm just kind of curious to see where you line, align with these things. So the first one is video games. So thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. I think all play is good. Everything in moderation is good. I think uh, maybe I know your answer to the next couple ones. <laughs> so how about games on your phone? Thumbs up again. You know, I like to compare it to food. Sometimes you feel like a McDonald's and sometimes you feel like a nice Sunday evening dinner, long and drawn out. It's all good, right? So it's sometimes it's about the snack and sometimes you want the full menu. Right. I think there's one podcaster that I listen to, Alan Girding, and he's from Tuesday Night Games. It's a board game company. And I think he was the one that first mentioned it comparing games to movies. Like, you don't know someone who says, I don't like movies, right? You just haven't found the right movie yet. Oh, right. Oh, I like that. I'll have to remember that. I like that a lot. All right. The last one. So maybe you can tell us why you like them. So because I think it's probably going to be a thumbs up role playing games. Well, thumbs up. Um, I actually don't play a lot of role playing games myself. I don't. I know it sounds very strange, but ever since I got into this industry, I actually play games less because I'm so busy all the time, or I only like play a part of a game instead of the whole game. But but I think it's escapism is good. I think that you, you get to use your imagination, and there's just so many different types of role-playing games now, right? So I just really do. I think all, for, all sorts of games and play is good. There is... I, I don't know of any type that would be considered bad. It's just, it's the same like food, right? It's all good. Right, right. Awesome, Mary. So thank you again for coming on the show. I know I learned a lot and I'm excited to see what comes of the spring and then also the fall Young Inventor Challenge. If anyone wanted to reach out to you or wanted to check out the Chicago Toy and Game Week, where might they do that? 
So they can go to our website, shytag.com or playineducation.com, or they can, you know, call, they can send me an email. They can send it to mary at shytag.com. Happy. I answer emails all day long. So happy to answer questions or encourage people to get involved. Awesome. So thank you again, Mary, for coming on the show and for your insights. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. As always, thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this show or any of our previous shows or just our podcast overall, connect with us on social media. If you tag us in a post, it really shows us that what we're doing is making a difference. You're picking up what we're putting down. You're there listening to what we're saying and it helps us keep going. So if you do enjoy our show, be sure to tag us on social media. You can find us at Board Game with Education on most social media. With Twitter, it's at BGE underscore games. And as always, just thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.